Oh, what a day to be alive. Hey, happy to be in church today? Okay, I have a few things to say. One, uh, we have an awesome council. Thank you, council. Uh, the, the council, if you don't know, they're, they're the people who make a lot of decisions at the church. I sit with them and they help me uh, make wise decisions. They are the council who are meant to be wise. If I'm not wise, that's them that become wise for us. Hopefully all listening to the Holy Spirit. But anyways, they uh, help us uh, in, in many different ways. And it's just such an honor to be honored by them. Uh, we have an incredible staff. I'm thankful for the staff. I'm thankful that we get to be in unity with our council. I'm thankful that we don't have to pretend to like each other on a stage like this. We don't have to be like, oh yeah, careful, staff and council. Like, we love each other. We love that we get to build together. We love that we have unity in this church. We love that in multiple sites, uh, in multiple cities, and in, in online, through a pandemic, we are stronger now than we've ever been. We feel like we're together. We're connected. We're believing for something together uh, that God is going to move and do something special. Amen? Amen. And so uh, if, if you didn't know it, now you know I love Dutch Crunch jalapeno and cheddar chips, okay? Uh, so if you're ever wondering, I also love plants. I didn't look all in that basket, but those two things are big wins, that's for sure. We've, we've, it's, uh, though Kendall's better with the indoor plants. I'm kind of the outdoor kind of guy. She's more fair weather, uh, the indoor kind of plants, but we, we work together. It's a good, good partnership uh, that happens that way. Second thing I want to say, wasn't that a fun testimony to hear from Amanda? Come on, it's not awesome. And we do want to be a church that has testimonies. Uh, God is moving in our lives, and uh, I loved that one. She shared that a little bit. Uh, it was so cool to hear that one from her because that day she kind of said, "Hey, can I can I read the scripture in the in the service?" I said, "Yeah." Sounds great. Like, if that's on your heart, read the scripture. And so she read it and then contacts me later uh, on and, and says, it's so cool that, that today, like how we had recorded it, the, the, she heard the scripture from someone else on the morning that she was about to hear it from herself. It's cool when God does that, hey? It's so fun when God starts to move and speak to us in times when we can start to recognize, I think you're here, Lord. I think you're speaking. I think you're intimately involved in my life. And it's not just some religion where I have a book I read and some chants I chant and, and then that's that. But God, you are working in and through me and your spirit wants to speak to me and lead me to new places. And we are learning to hear. Isn't that good news that we're learning to hear his voice? Come on. And so he's speaking. So Amanda, thank you for sharing that story. Uh, I think that's, gonna, uh, that's going to stir people up. As I know for me, when I, was, uh, when I, when I first like, gave my life to Jesus, I was in grade 8. But I had been discipled from like grade six and seven, and I had been sort of working through some stuff, probably had prayed some prayers before that, but grade eight is the first time I really remember like locking it in. And man, in that time, it was just like, I, I remember that exact thing that, that Amanda was sharing. I remember that, that I would be reading scripture at home. I don't know if I've ever read scripture as much as I did in like grade seven, eight, and nine. Like it was just passion time for me, uh, which is great. Uh, can we give it up for our youth leaders in this church? Isn't it awesome? 
come on, don't underestimate what's happening in kids and youth's lives. And if you're and youths, does that sound right? Youths. Uh, anyways, uh, if you're a, if you're a parent and you're raising kids or middle schoolers or high schoolers or whatever it is, I want you to know that right now those guys are watching you. Right now, the Holy Spirit can move in their lives. Right now, they can learn to listen to Jesus, and it's good to start to teach them that now. But I remember at that time, always it would be like I'd read the Bible, I'd show up, and the sermon was on that. I'm like, what? And I hear that happening in our church a fair amount where, oh, I, I was thinking about this. And it's like, oh, really? Because that's highlighted in my Bible right here too. What? You know, and it's just happening and it's exciting. And that's the power of God. And today we're talking of the last piece of our series that we've been calling Set Your Sights. That we are people in places participating in the presentation of the gospel with what? Come on, with power. With power. And for me, when I was a young person, I got saved. I I, I accepted Jesus as my Lord. I said, I want to follow you with my whole life. I remember so clearly that I all of a sudden wanted to see him move. And we'd be sitting, I I grew up in a fairly charismatic church, and uh, I'd go to youth, and I remember hearing stories about revivals happening, and people would be praying in a room. I remember hearing about earthquakes all of a sudden coming, and like, and so I'd be like, I'd be ready for that, always, I'd be like, okay, God, I'm going to worship, and I'm going to be at youth group, and we'd just be at youth, there'd be a bunch of people, we'd be playing our CD player, like worship music, and uh, I'd be like, this is awesome, and I'd always have my eyes open, okay, Lord? Earthquake? Anywhere? Fire. How about fire? Do you want to show? Is there a wind? Is there some sort of like a typhoon? Like some people are like, no, natural disasters get away. And I'm like, no, if they come, it must be God. Like he's ready to move. I would worship often with my eyes open, looking up. Because I, I hear these stories in the Bible of heaven splitting open. Of like, I, I hear these moments, so I'd like worship. I'm like, how's it going to look? I can't wait. Will you be able to put it back together after Jesus or no? Like, are you going to rip the rafters right open? Will we have a roof after this? Like, I was so excited to see God move in power. Are you excited to see God move in power? Come on, man. Sometimes I feel like we lose that. We start to think that, that, that our faith is, as, as we, we forget it. We, like, it's like we mature out of that sometimes. Like we start to believe, yeah, 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 I believe with power. In fact, that, that's, that idea, that scripture that came to us today of, of restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And that for me, the joy of my salvation, there was an expectancy that God was going to move. Not that God once had moved and I believe in it, but that God was about to move in our midst and we could look for it and we could ask for it and we could pray for it and when someone was sick, we would pray and when someone was hurting, we would say, oh, you should figure that out. We would pray. We would believe that things were going to happen. We would look for miracles. We would expect miracles to happen. I'll share with you one story that I have from that season. I was in a small group. Woot, woot to small groups. Anyone in a small group? Hey! And, uh, and in that small group, we had these prayer requests, and I remember this very clearly. I wasn't sure if I was going to share this story, but I, I just need to hit it quick. So uh, we, uh, we were in this small group, and someone says, I have a prayer request. I said, what is it? She said, well, I have a friend 
who uh, I work with, and that friend got pregnant, um, and, but, but uh, her, her baby, she went to the doctor, got an ultrasound, the baby has this lump uh, in, in it, and uh, the lump is in a bad spot. Uh, the, the, they have suggested that she terminate the baby, and, uh, and so, um, so she has an appointment to go and do that uh, this coming Friday. This was on a Wednesday. Uh, this coming Friday, she has a plan on going in and doing that. And so they're like, can we pray for that? And some people are like, oh, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't. And I'm like, yes, like, this is what I want. Like, we're going to do it. And man, I, I don't know if I've ever been in such a long, passionate prayer time. Just in this living room, I remember it so clearly. We're like stomping on the ground. And, and we were doing like all crazy. And all of a sudden, I so clearly remember this moment where it was just like quiet for me. Not that the room went quiet. It, was just, it felt like God just quieted me. For me, uh, all of a sudden, I had this moment, uh, this vision, where I'm, I, I, it's, this is going to sound a little bit crazy, but I was like in the uterus <laughs> with Jesus. And I felt like he was speaking to me, and there was this moment, like I can see the baby up there, and, and, and Jesus is speaking, and he does this, like if you saw a, a net go through water and catch a fish, it would, the, the water wouldn't be in there anymore, but he'd have the fish, and away it would go. I felt like Jesus did that with the hand right through the baby. It was crazy. It was a crazy moment for me. It was like foundational for my faith in that time. He just went like this. And as he did, the lump just followed his hand. And I don't even know what happened. It was just the way it went. And so for me, I was like, whoa, that's so cool. Wow, that, that's awesome. And we finished praying and stomping and doing all the things that we were doing in a small group. Hallelujah. And I was like, cool. Baby's good. You know? And there was no doubt in my mind. About a week later, my friend comes to me and said, Ev, you're not going to believe it. I said, what? When, when uh, she went in to get the baby terminated, they just did one last check. Let's just make sure everything's good. And they looked for a long time. They couldn't find the lump in the baby. And she ended up keeping the baby. And so she does, she's not getting it aborted. It's staying. And that baby's like, I was like, what? Actually, I was like, yeah, I know. I remember that. Jesus, I told you that already a while ago. Man, for me, when I was first starting as a Christian, it was, I believed that God could do Anything. Anything. And sometimes we start to mature past that, which isn't maturity at all. I was praying to God this week, Lord, I'm speaking on power. How? <laughs> How do you want me to do that? As a pastor, that's always a hard thing to do because I can't make God move. I can't walk up and say, Kate, uh, here comes a display of power. Shaboom! And here he is. Like, if we could, I think, I, I think we would see God moving all the time. If we would say, God, I just want you to do this. Okay, now that. Perfect. Lightning bolt. Boom. Fire. Ding. Uh, earthquake. Shawang. Uh, whatever, whatever. That was a new word for you all. Uh, 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 just do the things I want you to do. And sometimes we start to pursue the power, though. As time goes on, we start to pursue the power. And I think Jesus has a little bit of a, a, an idea for us today. I start, he started exposing some things in me and in the Bible this week that it's not always just about pursuing the power. In fact, sometimes when we pursue the power, we stop pursuing the one who has the power. 
Sometimes when we're pursuing the miracle, we stop pursuing the miracle worker. We forget about the one who's actually ready to move, and we just say, as long as this, is, this healing happens, I don't need the healer, I just need the healing. I don't, I don't need the provision, I, just, I don't need the provider, I just need the provision. I, I, don't need, I, I, I don't need the answerer, I just need the answer. I just need, you to, I just need this to happen, and all of a sudden, we're sort of leaving Jesus out of it. All of a sudden, the glory is going to go to whoever, what, knows, what, I don't know, and, and God is inviting us to say not just that we need power, but that we need Jesus' power. We need the Holy Spirit to come in power and move in our lives. We need Him. Not just what He can do, we need Him. We don't need just power, we need His presence. His presence is better than anything that we could ever deal with. I would rather be, be, be broke and in His presence then have a financial miracle in my life and be separated from him. I want to be in your presence, Jesus. For me, the power, when I was first saved, was always connected to his presence. But you forget, and you just start to pursue him like a genie that's going to pop out and do all, all the things you want him to do. So there's this moment in Acts 8, 9 to 22, where we see a little bit about this. So now for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. Did you know the Bible talks about people practicing sorcery? <laughs> this is a sorcerer. <laughs> he's in the, his Philip, and he's in this city, and there's this person who's practicing sorcery. No doubt, he, he's working with some kind of power beyond just human power. In other words, there is power beyond just what we see. There is something beyond just us. Religion and relationship with Jesus is not just what we can see and what we can logically explain. There is power at work, and we're believing that we're going to see God's power in our lives. And so, there's this guy, he's a sorcerer doesn't say that. I just like saying it. it's a sorcerer in this city. It says he boasted that he was someone great. Everyone followed him, so he probably was. He could do really cool things. He was powerful. He could, he could do all this stuff, and people would look at him and follow him, and he boasted he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. This is huge. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. Isn't that a cool moment? You know, imagine we get that salvation as part of Northgate. You say, oh, everyone will be saved then. You know, we got the sorcerer. Yep, uh, loves Jesus, got baptized last week. It was pretty good. Yeah, so uh, let's carry on. Yeah, that would be amazing. Huge moment. He's been impressing people with his sorcery for a long time, with his power for a long time. People would follow him, and he'd tell them how great he was, and they would say, yep, you're the great power of God. Philip shows up and says, i got to tell you about Jesus Christ. And as he does, people are getting healed. There's all this power, moments going, and Simon's like, oh, I think I'm interested in that. I'd like to follow too. Crazy. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John, these are kind of big wigs in the Christian world at that point, to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
So Peter and John show up like, hey guys, I hear really cool things are happening around here, like healings and all this stuff. I love it. That's awesome. And I hear you used to like sorcery. Well, I'm so glad that you're, you're now part of uh, Jesus' family and you got baptized. That's great. But has anyone received the Holy Spirit? Has anyone been baptized with the Holy Spirit? Has anyone experienced the true power of heaven in your life working through you, walking out? Like they thought it was so important that you be empowered. And everyone's like, no, we haven't. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was, giving at, was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, hey, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. So Simon shows up and goes, man, I used to do all these cool tricks and things uh, which were with like darkness and with like demons and, and do all that. And I, I've, I've changed my ways, but I do like what you're doing and I do like the idea of, of being a powerful person in this movement. I do like the idea of showing up into towns and everyone wanting me to touch them and the Holy Spirit come on them. And so how about I just give you some money and we could just, uh, you could give me that power. If I gave you money, you give me power and then I could be a powerful person in this movement. Peter answered, may your money perish with you. Ouch. (laughs) Because you thought you could buy the gift of God. This This was a bit of a zinger for me this week. So I'm like, Lord, what do I need to do to have you show up in power? What can I give you? How about, should I fast? <laughs> what if I read my Bible a few extra days, a few extra hours this week? Or if I pray a little bit more? What if I uh, don't watch any TV this week? Will you show up in power? What would it be? And then I read this, and, and Simon's like, hey, I just want his power. Let me have some of his power. Let me do some powerful things. Let me be a part of this power movement of God. Let me do that. And here comes Peter and says, um, that you are, are dead. And for me, I'm like, oh, right. The power isn't something that we exchange and say, God, how about I'll give you some good things and you give me some good things? How about I'll accomplish some good religious stuff and you give me some power and this whole thing can get moving? How about I preach a good message and your spirit can just fall on every side and every spot? I just want, well, can you just do that? And Simon Peter says to him, your money May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift. See, Jesus doesn't want us to pay for this. It's something that we should never deserve and never be able to create. The power of God is not something that we can make, nor is it something that we can purchase with any amount of religiousness. And if we're going to be people in places, participating in the presentation of the gospel with power. We don't all of a sudden deserve power because we're super strong. We have something to give God. And God, imagine if you and me worked together. If you moved through me, like I'm already pretty powerful, but your power and my power, woo! Imagine what we could do. But here Peter says, you have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God And here it is, repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. Repent. This week, uh, as I said, God, what what, what would it take for us to see a move of your power today, now, 
in this space and time in our lives, in this moment in history, what would it take to see a move of your power? What do we need to give? How hard do we need to pray? What do we need to offer you to see that? And I felt like God just kept bringing me back to the very thing that he's, the only thing that we've ever been capable of doing. There's only one thing that humans are capable of doing that God can't do for us, that he can't accomplish for us. He can accomplish healings for us that we can't accomplish. He can accomplish miracles and he can accomplish reaching people he can accomplish people walking on water he can accomplish roofs splitting open and doves coming down he can accomplish earthquakes and fires and wind he can accomplish all of those things but he cannot accomplish your repentance that's your choice is the only choice that you get to make in this am i all in on you and therefore all out on me or am i going to hold out on some of that If we want to see God's power, it will only come because we have nothing to offer for it. We'll only know God's power because we have nothing (laughs) to exchange for that power because we've emptied ourselves. Yeah, but God, do you want my influence? Nope. Do you want my, like, I've been working out. (laughs) I haven't, (laughs) personally. (laughs) I was a hypothetical, guys. I have been eating very um, carefully, so. No, do you want my power? What about, hey, I've got a lot of followers on Instagram. Do you want that? God, imagine if you use that. Would that be pretty good? No. What, how, about, how about, I'll just give it. No, no, what he only wants, the only thing. What they give to him, uh, he says, Simon, all you can do right now is not claim this power, not fight for this power, not give us all the good things that you have for this power. All you can do right now is repent. Give up your plans for your life. Give up your future that you think you should have. If you truly want to follow Jesus, give up all that you think your life should look like. Yeah, but I just need, I I will, but I just need God. When I do that, will God show up like this? No, you give up that. Yeah, but I just want to see this healing. Oh, no, 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 that's not the plan. Repentance says, God, I give up my plans for that healing. I give up my plans for that salvation. I give up my plans for me living in that city and my life turning out this way. I give up all of my ambition my things that are going to accomplish I want this kind of house I want this kind of situation I want this kind of spouse I want this kind as long as I get all of those things I'm happy to follow you repentance empties you of all of those things and says I'm an empty vessel now and that's the first time that you're able to receive the power of God like you're meant to have it all of a sudden the power comes to you and says you will move where I tell you to move you will go where I ask you to go and Philip this very guy in the story that we just heard about he is like moved he's like transformed what what's the word when you're taken from one place to another like in star trek or things like that transported he's transported in time and he shows up to a eunuch and and sees salvations happen in random amazing incredible spots why because it wasn't his plan anymore it was god's plan now and it was god's plan that allowed him to be empowered we can't accept god's plan for our life if we won't repent of our own plan and our own ambitions <laughs> so for me when i was like god how do we get your power I felt him say, empty yourself of yours. We all would like to have power over our life. Over how people treat us, over what we do. If you, 
God, if I could just get your power, I bet I could do this in this place. I bet I could do this, but us receiving his power comes when we've removed ourselves from our plans and said, I'm just ready for you to move, God. Use me when, how, where you want. And it's at that point that the power of God shows up. Because reality is in scripture, repentance doesn't always follow power, but power always follows repentance. Peter says, repent, be baptized, and be filled with the Spirit. He doesn't say when you're filled with the Spirit, then maybe we can work something out. It's a repent, it always starts with repentance, and repentance leads us to receiving the gift that we cannot buy. Jesus actually mentions that in Matthew eleven twenty to 24. Worship team, you can come on up. It says, then Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles had been performed. He shows up into this town and all of these people are like, show us a miracle. Show us a sign and wonder. Show us your power. Come on, that's a pretty normal thing for Christians to want or people to want. Ah, we're worshiping. I want to feel the ground shake. We're worshiping. I want to see heaven open up. I'm reading my Bible. I want to hear it confirmed somewhere else. I'm saying, show me your sign. Show me your wonder. Show me your power. Show me that you're here right now. And Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles had been performed. Why? Because they did not repent. So he shows up into these cities and goes, healings, casting out of demons, power, all of this power all over the city. And people are like, wow, more, do it again, let's see it, yay. But it never hits their heart enough for them to say, I give up my ways and now I trust that your ways are better, God. Says they, it doesn't matter, they didn't repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were por- performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would, have been re- they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. In other words, these very sinful nations and, and cities that we've known to be these sinful places. If I came and did what I have done amongst you there, they will all would have repented. But here I am in the place where my miracles have been shown over and over, where I've done power moves all through this, and still you're not repenting. Do you know what the power moves sometimes we can see right now? Many of you are breathing <laughs> Many of you live in a nation where you're not in war right now. You're at peace, right? Many of you are living in a space where you're wearing clothes and it's not your only outfit. These are miracles. You are, your heart keeps beating. Some of you, it's a miracle that you got married. Zing. Maybe you've, maybe you've gotten to experience the miracle of kids. Maybe you've gotten to experience the, the, the joy of that. You think, yeah, 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 but, but show me a miracle, God. What do you mean, beyond your life and beyond your kids' lives and beyond all, all creation around you, beyond the ocean that's splashing and there's tides, beyond the moon that comes up every day and sun that rises every day, beyond the, sun, the stars that are sparkling all around you in this beautiful location? You want me to show you more beyond that? I think God might say to us, you are asking for a miracle. You're asking for the power of me to show up, and you're in the place where the most power of me has shown up. Woe to you. Well, just give me one more. I just want to know you're close, God. He says, and you, Capernaum, 
Will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom, which was known as this terribly sinful city, for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. I felt like God said to me this, this week that he does want to give revival power. But he wants to give it to repentant people. Every great move of God in history starts with people calling on the name of God. (laughs) It doesn't start with people saying, we need power! Superman! It starts with people saying, man, I cannot do this. I I don't have enough. I I don't have what I can, I I, I can't accomplish what needs to be accomplished. God, you're giving us a vision that's beyond me. I I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm courageous enough. I don't know if I can follow through. I don't know. I haven't been all that good. I don't have the money. I don't have the strength. I don't have the power. I don't have the influence. I don't have all of those things. It starts with that. And then all of a sudden we get to a place where we get to depend on God. See, repentance empties us. Repentance takes us to his presence, leads us to dependence and launches us in obedience. Repentance takes us to his presence. Say, God, I I need to come and meet with you. Why? Because I'm not enough on my own. I fail. Leads us to dependence. God, I'm going to need you. Starting to feel a little bit of vision bubbling up in me, but, but that's a bit too big for me and the people I know. So I'm going to need you. Repentance takes us to his presence and leads us to dependence. But then it launches us in obedience. And when we've been in his presence, when we've learned a dependence, and when we're stepping out in obedience, we will discover his power. And we want to get it somewhere before. I'll repent if I can see your power. No, he says, come and be in my presence. How will I get there? Repent. <laughs> well, I, 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 and how will I step into the next thing? Well, you have to learn to depend on me. Yeah, well, but once I've learned to depend on you, I recognize that you're good, but I'm not good enough. And so how will I do the next thing? Well, I'll just tell you to, and you'll have to obey. Okay, but I'm going to have to step into something that's a bit beyond me, and I'm going to I'm have to give up something I never wanted to give up, and I'm going to have to try something I never wanted to try, and I'm not good enough at it, and I'm going to have to do that thing. And so how will I do that? And at that point, Jesus says, well, when you do that, and when you've been in my presence, when, you've taught, when I've taught you dependence, and when you're walking in obedience to me, you will know my power. And that power will bring revival to your land. Bring healing to your land. Because Jesus wants to give revival power to repentant people. So can we accomplish power? Nope. Can we accomplish repentance? Yeah. It's about the only thing that we can do. <laughs> Everything else is a gift. And so today, maybe for some people in sites or online, maybe, maybe it's a moment for you to recognize in your own life, man, I, I, I have been trying to live on my own for a long time and it hasn't been working. And I need to discover the life that is in Jesus. I need to discover his hope for me. If that's the case, 
Today you can just say, I repent of trying to set up my own life and all my own strategies and all my own plans and all of my own things. And now I am able to, one, give up everything that I have so I will have to depend on you, Jesus. So I will have to enter your presence and know you. And, and, and actually, I'm ready because I'm not obeying myself anymore or my culture anymore or my family anymore uh, unless you're a, a, a minor and then maybe pay attention to your parents a little bit. But anyways, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not listening to just my teachers or just what my, my, my culture should say or just what politics is saying. By the way, politics, that's not something that should be driving your life right now. Sometimes it's a bit confusing and a bit messy. But God, I'm not listening to all of that anymore. Now I'm ready to go wherever you ask me to go. And it's at that space that the power of the Holy Spirit will fill you, give you everything that you need, to accomplish everything that he has planned for you. And he will get the glory and people will turn to him and they will discover Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Today, you say, I'm in. I repent. <laughs> maybe just really simply, I repent. Maybe it's for the first time, maybe it's for the hundredth time. In this room, in the site that you're in, in, in your living room, if that's where you are, would you just raise your hand? I repent. Repent of my own plans. I repent of my own, my own gifts and skills. I, I'm not going to rely on those things. They've been letting me down for a long time. I want to live a life that I never would have lived. I want to live it in a way that I never thought I could. I want to know your power and your presence in your life. And so, Jesus, we just pray that you would move with power now for those who have repented. Thank you that you want to give revival power to repentant people. Help us to know your life. Help us to know your power as we enter your presence through repentance, as we enter dependence through repentance, and as we enter obedience through repentance. Let us know your power to live the life you've called us to for the glory of God, <laughs> for the sake of your name throughout this land. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.